This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hey everyone and welcome to what is episode 133 of the Always Wolves right. podcast. And I'm joined today... Uh, boy, um, my regular co-host, Manny Kang, how are you doing? I'm fine, thank you, Dave. Um, hello, everybody. Absolutely. And we have got the doctor in the house, Dr. Paul Mansell. You all right? I'm good, thank you. Enjoying a bit of a break, actually, from um, from the season. It is nice to, to stop sometimes, and then you can miss it and get ready to go again, can't you? Absolutely. And we should <clears throat> also send our love and best wishes uh, to um, Jason Guy, who usually joins us here um, to talk about everything walls, but unfortunately... He's Jason, cried off with a broken wrist. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's in hospital today. In fact, we were originally going to do this on the 5th of June, but Jason was away in Spain, and um, he was involved in a, an all, Wolves All-Stars charity match. A tackle went in on him. He went loop in the loop, fell on his wrist. He's gone into the hospital today uh, to have it checked out, and uh, they had to have an operation on it, so... Uh, Unfortunately, we don't have Jason tonight, but we do send our best wishes. So I'm sure if you're watching this on YouTube, in the comments, send you love and best wishes to Jason. And uh, the same if you listen to it back on podcast. So we've done our introductions and we've got a lot to cover off today. So we've got the season review, of course. Uh, we need to talk about Lopetegui, Money, FFP. Uh, we've got Cody on here as well. But I think we'll have players like Matinho and stuff like that on there as well. Incomings and outgoings, and we're going to have our awards as well. Okay. So then we're going to do some alternative awards. So uh, stay to the end because I'm sure that's going to be uh, quite uh, interesting. Manny, I'm going to start off with you first. Yes. Season review. Um, couple of weeks after the end of the season. Yeah. How are you feeling? I think um, relief. You know, if you look at the season um, without everything that's happened since, uh, um, talking about players coming or going. If you actually look at the season, it was a it was a poor season, obviously disappointing season uh, to be down there. But having having been down there and looking pretty, you know, like there was no light at the end of the tunnel um, uh, before Lopetegui came in, 
and then to survive fairly comfortably in the end. Maybe that's down to, you know, a few teams not being uh, as good as us and it's not all down to us, but you have to give credit to, you know, seven, what was it, seven clean sheets in, in nine games or whatever it was, the home record, the way they turned it around, even though they weren't scoring goals, he, that's for a side down there to not concede goals is quite a big thing because sides down at the bottom were all conceding goals. So you have to give credit and, and it turned out to a fairly positive outcome, which then just tailed off with a couple of heavy defeats, which people would say, yeah, well, the season was done and dusted, but I think momentum's a big thing. Mm. You don't want to just, you know, put your tools down and get walloped because that can carry on if you're and not very careful. And we've seen that happen last season, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's nice, even if like Southampton, they got relegated, but if they have a positive result on that final day, that might just give them the spurt to have a really good season in the Championship. So I think those last games are still important and, and to get walloped. And we haven't seen Wolves get walloped by sixes, fives and sixes, yeah, not time. consecutively. And let's be honest, the United match was very similar as well. Yeah. You know, we didn't have, we didn't lay a glove on there. 13 goals conceded. Oh, it, was, it was pretty awful. No goals scored in our last uh, three away, three away yeah. games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Paul, you, you know, onto yourself. Hopefully that, that's okay for you in terms of the mic. Um, your thoughts on the season. And on that, Manny talked about the home form, you know, the away form as well. What, I mean, what's your thoughts on that? I think overall on the season you can cut it into three sections. You've got the first section, the first uh, 15 games prior to Lopetegui. And from that period we got 10 points and 8 goals. So you, you're staring down the barrel of relegation. That's you? from 15 yeah, games that, as well, aren't you? Yeah, I mean that takes us into the, into the winter break for the World Cup. Then the next part is a really positive part. So um, seven home wins from nine matches, which is a record that Man City and Arsenal would be pleased with. Um, seven clean sheets as well in, in that home form. And I think our average points was something like 1.4 a game. And over the course of a season, that would put you on course for something like 53 points, I think. Yeah, so, eight, eight, probably about eighth or ninth place. Yeah, yeah, which is where we probably aspire to be next season, realistically. So that's like the main chunk. And then we've got this chunk in the last four or five matches after safety's been achieved. And in that period, there just seems to be a bit of a dark cloud. It's uh, a bit, actually, it's a bit like Wolverhampton in the last three, few, yeah. three days. It's like sunshine and then we see the cloud coming over and then there's a monsoon downpour. As what's happened tonight, literally just before we, we, uh, we came on air, it happened again. You would have seen us trying to get the, uh, the kit out of the car to bring it into Molyneux. I mean, how much we read into that, peri uh, that period at the end of the season, I'm not sure. But since we've been in the Premier League, we've not really had performances. I mean, Man City tore us apart here, didn't they, last season under, under Large. But they were really worrying, those defeats and the manner of them. So I'm hoping that that is just a bit of a blip and we've got time to address those issues now, moving into next season. And you mentioned the away form. If our away form continues like that next season, we're banging trouble again. Banging trouble. So hopefully he will have learned Lopetegui lessons by how he sets the team up. And he's got the summer to formulate a plan to make us not as good as what we are at home, because that, is, that would be a big gap to fill. 
but we need to be more competitive away from home and we need to pick up more points on the road and score more goals. Absolutely, and the away form, two wins away from home. Uh, one was that last minute glorious winner against Everton and then that incredible comeback with 10 men against Southampton. Two games that we could have easily have lost and had no wins. Um, so the, the away form's really, really uh, worrying and it's, it's no start towards the end of the season. Um, first of all, I mean, we've, had a, we've talked about a few podcasts during the season when we've got together and we were talking about how many points. I don't think any one of us had us from 41. No, um, I don't think we did. Yeah. And we've come 13th. I mean, we've had a bad season. Everyone said we've had a bad season, but we still finished 13th in a bad season. Literally, you have to shake your head and <laughs> no. think how have we finished 13th. Um, the thing is, those home games, you know, that home form was really, really good, but it was quite freakish to have clean sheets. Brentford, Palace, you know, Villa, Chelsea, Spurs, Liverpool. We kept clean sheets, but, you know, against all those sides. Let's be honest, we probably ain't going to keep clean sheets against yeah. those sides again in that... Not all of them. All, all together, so... And the know, teams that we thought we might do, yeah. Leeds and Bournemouth... That's right. Yeah. We didn't. <laughs> we didn't, so um, we've got to be careful. We can't just say, oh, OK, we're OK at home. We still didn't score gold at home. We still were relying and on... And this problem... You know, We've talked. Man, I mean, come right. on, we've talked about it for three or four seasons. <laughs> long, long scoring time. goals. Yeah. Wolves um, have scored the, the least amount of goals in the in a Premier League season in their history. Yeah. Last year, we finished the highest place of any team that scored the least goals, tenth, yeah. which was, again was an anon- anon- anomaly. Yeah. In in itself, are we going to get away with it for three years in a row? Hundred and five goals we've scored in. The last 114 games over the last three seasons. Yeah. So of all the sides that are in the Premier League still, uh, who have played the last three seasons, that's the lowest. Paul, so we're, we're the lowest goal scorers over the last three seasons. Paul, we're going to get away with it again next year if we don't score goals. I mean, that's a serious pattern, isn't it? That stat that managed to mm. share. That's not just like part of the season. That's and he has done a lot of research. <laughs> over, that's over. <laughs> remember, that's over. You know, three managers. And Steve Davis uh, for a short while as well. So it's not as though it was down to um, formations. We played every formation. We played five. We played three. We played four, three, three. We played literally every formation we've tried, and the problem has been the same. We haven't. The thing is, with, with, with goal scoring, you don't mind maybe not scoring if you're creating a boatload of chances because you think, well, oh come, we just need somebody to finish the, the chances off. The worrying thing was we weren't even creating, no. you know, and, and literally we were relying on the one shot, the one goal, and then defending heroically with brilliant performances, you know, from the likes of Dawson and Neves and and, and then and, and grinding out the wins. And we're not really, I don't think we're going to do that long term. We've got to score more goals. You can't keep doing that and it has to be solved. And we're going to come on to incomings and outgoings and all that sort of stuff. But like... Was it you that said about the dark cloud? Or, yeah. yeah, the dark cloud. There is a, it's a shame, really, that we've got to the end of the season, we've stayed up, and we're all like, that's phase one done, let's kick on for phase two, and then straight away we've got all this uncertainty, dark clouds that have uh, appeared over Wolves' futures. And it's just taken a bit of the wind out of the sails because uncertainty breeds discontent. And there is a little bit of, it's bubbling under the surface at the moment, but you can feel that the fans' frustration and if things go 
a little bit peak tongs, it could get quite nasty. Um, Lopetegui, we'll go with you first, Paul. What, what's your take on the Lopetegui thing with the mess, some of the messages that he didn't know about spending and all that sort of stuff? Obviously, we can roll this into the FFP thing as well and where war situation are. What's your take on it? I mean, and quite a bit of time to reflect. Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because you want your manager to be honest and you want to know what's being said and what's going on. But could you look at this situation and say perhaps he's said too much? The reason we're feeling this uncertainty and this dark cloud that's hanging over us is because of the things that he said in public. Yes, some of the results as well. But the worry that he's not going to be getting what he wants and that he might leave because of that. That's what's taken us into the summer, feeling a bit uncertain. So perhaps, perhaps it's best if he just didn't say that out loud. I mean, by all means. And he's used, you know, journalist friends to put out statements as well. That was concerning. I mean, obviously... He's I wasn't taking any notice until that dropped. No, I mean, Guillaume Balaguer, we know he's good friends with him. And yeah. um, perhaps there was some kind of collusion in putting out that statement. Um, and that was worrying. And I saw, me included, a lot of people having a pop at Balaguer for that because he'd be better off winding his neck in, I think. Because he's well, not the, his agent, is he? Well, well, no. And the one thing that... I mean, we're going to get, obviously, obviously getting your take on this in a second, man. But like, there's one thing saying um, that there's issues regarding what he's got to spend. But the the next tweet is the tweet that really I think got you, wasn't it? About the uh, the why isn't Spurs coming in yeah. for him? Yeah, that wound me up a little bit. Um, but I guess you could look at it like you want your manager to be ambitious, don't you? You want your manager to want the resources to not just have us finishing seventeenth to push us on and challenge him for that top half of the table so it's good in a way that he is ambitious and he does want that to happen well we're, we all want wolves to play yeah. great football score lots of goals we'd like to win a pot we'd like to yeah. be pushing for europe and we want our manager to be ambitious but it's like some of this stuff sh maybe shouldn't have gone into the public domain manny what's your take 100 percent agree if you go back in time and some of the chairman clubs have even if you go to Alex Ferguson's time and, you know, people like Doug Ellis used to be in charge of clubs, do you think managers saw eye to eye? Do you think Ferguson always got from the Manchester United board what he wanted? No. Do you think Wenger always got the players that he wanted? It's pretty normal, I think, having a frosty relationship between owner and manager. But we didn't have to hear all that. So if he's gone into a meeting and he's thinking, oh, I wasn't expecting this, I wanted this... Carry on thrashing it out then. Why do you have to speak to every reporter? And it seemed like every reporter had their own little um, two pence worth of what Lopetegui was saying or the interpretation. Because let's be honest, you know, his, his English isn't his first language. And sometimes when the passion comes out, context, it can yeah. be taken out. So if I, three people hear something and two people might think, oh, it's nothing to worry about. And the third people think, you know, this guy's not happy. The problem was then the reports coming that maybe this could be the you know the straw that breaks the camel back and he's going to go he's going to leave us and we're thinking what you know we want our manager to be committed to well that's the, the last thing that we're expecting well, at the end of the season of course we're not we do, the last thing we want to do is be in a process of you know appointing somebody else when will that happen 
will that be too far down the line? Will he get time to bring it? So that will create even more uncertainty, unless it happened like overnight and it just then could start afresh. If that's the case, that's the case. You know, no one lasts forever, but um, the only person who can dispel that is him. But, you know, literally all he has to say is, I've got a two year contract, three year contract, whatever it is, I'm committed to Wolves and um, uh, we've got to work hard this summer. And that's it. You don't have to, you know, fans, yeah, we all demand all the information and we want to know everything. But actually, do we? Do we want to know, you know, players have fallouts, people don't get on with each other, um, but you can still get a team unit, you can still get... Well, a, an a, example a, of that is when Large came out and had a go at Hoover yeah, publicly yeah. and then look what happened after that. He lost, gradually lost the dressing room. He and, wears his heart on his sleeve, we can see that. You know, he's passionate, he kicks every ball, he reacts passionately, probably too much because he's got into trouble that many times. He missed the end of the season, um, Lopetegui with his yellow cards. So yeah, he's yeah. obviously got that bit of edge and maybe he can't help saying everything when he's in the press conference, when he gets asked. But sometimes you've just got to say, you know, that's between me and the board and we'll, we'll sort it out. We'll see what uh, funds are available and, um, uh, you know, and, and, and to sell players and for the club, if you look at the club's point of view, to sell players and, and, and have a system or a process is pretty normal. It's not, you know. Well, he did come out as well, Lopetegui's part of this. We have to give him a thing. He said, We're not, I'm not thinking that I want to get players from the Champions League if we can get players from the Championship yeah, and true. stuff like that. And so he's on about like, the right players because at the end of the day, Lopetegui you know, wants to build a team. You look at that Sevilla team yeah. uh, that he had at the top of the thing and how they took us apart, really, in that quarter-final. Um, and it takes a manager generally one, two or three transfer windows to get the team. And he's got Wolves to a place. He's come in, he's done the job. Phase one, got us that thing. And he's probably thinking to himself, right, OK, I've done my job. Yeah. Now I want to take Wolves to the next level. And I want, from the owners from what he's saying, I want you to match the ambitions that I have because he doesn't want to be in a relegation battle. He wants to be fighting for trophies. He wants to be trying to qualify for the European places. The bit that I find hard to understand is as an elite manager who understands the game really, really well, how he cannot understand FFP uh, and say he didn't know about it. I mean, Paul? Well, is the problem, therefore, that he's been told X by the board and then all of a sudden they're giving him why, you know, have they lied to him? Because if they're promising something a few months ago and now not delivering on that promise, then that could be dangerous for their relationship moving forward. But if you are a world-class manager, which I think you can say that he is because he's been manager of Spain. Uh, definitely. And won, yeah. he's won every single match, didn't he, in his yes, manager. So if you're a manager of the calibre of that country and you're winning every match, you're world-class. So if you're that good, can you improve the players that you've got here as well? You know, can you coach them to be better than what they are? I mean, if you look at other squads in the Premier League, like Fulham, for instance, on paper, is their squad better than ours? Probably not. They've got a goal scorer, obviously, which helps. But well, they did have. as a manager, you've got to try and make the team, um, all those sums of the parts come together and outperform what their level is, not underperform it. So a dose of realism probably is what he needs as well. You can't sign six players in January 
without any major outgoings and think you can just keep spending and spending, can you? Wasn't there a stat about, I think you put it there yeah, on yeah, social yeah. about that, you've yeah. got something on it, haven't you? On the spending. So, you know, wolves have spent, net spend. If someone told you back in 2018 that wolves will have a net spend of 380 million quid. So that's 380 million quid more spent than, than we bought it, than we've sold. We would be over the bloody moon with that level of investment. Now, it's not Lopetegui's fault totally, you know, that we've spent 200 million on Silva, Geddes, Nunes, Cunha and Smedo, that's 200 million quid. Wow. So that's 200 million quid on five players, yet, you know, we could be shown with um, Lamina, Dawson and Gomez, that's 30 million quid on those three. So the level of investment is there mm. for the size of our club, 28,000. Because there are a lot, a lot of fans that have this thing, that folks that haven't invested, but oh, that, yeah. that shows that they've broken every... Um, Every transfer record has been broken every season, virtually. And the other thing we have to look at is selling players. Everybody sells players. Everybody. And Wolves don't. Wolves don't actually sell players. If you go to their top, I've got their top eight sales okay. ever. So you've got Jota, we knew that. That was a big sale. That Maybe we undersold it. Yeah, that Three was in ago. 2020, 2021. Yeah. So we've had five windows since then. That was 45 million. Yeah. Um, Morgan Gibbs Wright is about 29 million with add ons. Add ons. Right. After got that, we got in, 17 we? million Costa, 16 million Doherty, 16 million Rafa Mir. These are all We've got, actually got 16 Yeah, that was great because yeah. we only bought him for 2 million. You know, Stephen Fletcher's on the list at 6 as our highest yeah, sale. And he, he went in 2012. That was 12, 15 million. Gendonka 15 million and Benikafobi's number eight on 13 million. So when you compare that against all the other sides, yeah. you know, Villa sold Grealish for 100 million. Yeah. You know, um, lights of, I know Leicester have gone down, but they, to generate money, they've sold Conte and Maguire for 80 odd million pounds. They're possibly going to sell Madison for 60 odd well, million. He'll definitely go. So even, even Manchester United have sold players. You know, for 130 million, was it Lukaku and somebody else bought in 130 million? There was four players Man City had sold for a collective 200 million. You know, so you know we can't just say that we, you know, we're, we're because people like we're selling, selling club. They do. Oh, we're a selling club. Everyone sells. Yeah. Just you look at it. Everyone sells. I mean, you look at this. Where? Sterling, Sterling, Ferran Torres, Zinchenko. And Sane for Manchester City bought in two hundred million quid. Right. They sold two hundred million pounds worth of players. We haven't. We're nowhere near. Even if you add up our top ten, it's nowhere near that. So we don't really sell players. Maybe we don't sell them at their peak. Look at Brighton selling players at big fees, reinvesting it, getting the right players in, and improving season by season. So it is possible. And it just seems that you have to balance your books with this FFP. You have to have this sort of incoming outgoing and even the big clubs do it yeah big clubs do it i guess in some ways paul what manny's highlighted there that that net spend but what is the actual value of the money that they've actually spent in terms of the quality there's the issue yeah yeah it's not necessarily how much you've got to spend it's how well you spend what you've got isn't it 
Um, last season, actually, I think I saw a stat that what you spend as a correlation with performance is a, was about 80% in previous years. But the season just gone, it was only worth about 50% of your overall league position. Is that right? Yeah. So it's not all about how much you're spending. It's about how well your team's coached, what your mentality is, how well you prepare, how many pick points you can pick up away from home. It's spending, what you've got to spend is not the only predictor of success. No. So like what Manny said about Dawson, Lamina, Joe Gomez looks like a bargain as well. Yeah. You know, it's about your the quality of your recruitment and Brighton are the masters oh you can't fault I mean what they've achieved and done I mean it's you know they're you know they're there exactly where we want they're nowhere in the midst of the net spend they literally yeah. just sort of break even they don't have a net spend so they're not actually they're throwing huge amounts of money in what they're doing is they recognize their manager came straight out and said we're going to lose Cassiedo and McAllister he said it after the last game. He just came out and right said, right. because that's what's going to happen. And it's like, and, and, it, and they're selling those players at the peak. With three or four it. years, probably less. less I think the Callister had one. Well, I don't know what it is, but they've still got a deal that can go up to 55 yeah. million. So they've still, you know. It's a World Cup winner. Two years ago, or a year ago, we might have thought never 60 million, that could do it. But now, you know, FFP can change because. With a year left, Neves might only bring in thirty-five million. So then we've got a bit of a hole that we've got to plan with maybe selling another player, and then that might be where Lopetegui thinks, "Oh, I wanted to keep him. Why? Why are you saying we've got to sell him?" You know, and I don't know, but those things happen in boardroom. Surely they happen where you have disagreements. Well, you told me this, you told me that, and you just thrash it out. It's not head. the sort that you generally air no. unless there's a real frustration, and we know that Nuno and Jeff bumped heads back in the day, and you know, congratulations as well to Nuno. Um, what was his name of his team? Just oh, no. Etihad, is it? Yeah. yeah, well done, you know, fantastic. Uh, apparently, uh, he's after Matinho as well now, and <laughs> Kante and Benzema, and stuff, but they're all Ridiculous. off over there. But anyway, um, you're right what you're saying in terms of that, but like the value is some of the blame on the recruitment team. Um, obviously, we saw sellers that went, you know, as well as large and stuff like that. Uh, where do you sit some of that? Yeah, definitely, uh, because based on that stat that Manny shared, the net, the net, not gross, but the net spend mm. being over three hundred and fifty million, it doesn't take a genius to work out that if you run a business like that and you keep going like that, you, you're going to be in trouble, aren't you? Because what's going to plug that hole? that hole in your finances. So yeah, I mean, recruitment in general, I mean, I think you can't just say it's only been bad or it's only been good. But more recently, since we first got promoted and we had that really great window, didn't we, where we brought in the likes of Patricio, Matinho and so on. Patricio, five Yeah, but um, uh, Paul, those, the ones that have That's done a long really time well, ago, the ones who've done They're really well, we didn't really pay that amount of money. Where we've got to look at is, yeah. you know, let's go back to Jota, we sell him because it's a big fee and we think... Oh, he, was, he wasn't even getting the side yeah. at the time. So at the time, it might have seen a good a good deal for us. At the moment, it doesn't because what happens is five windows go past. We're still not replaced him. And what we did, we did replace him, but well, it didn't yes, work. So. Because we straight away we spent thirty-five million pound on a eighteen-year-old kid, seventeen-year-old kid. Talking about that, who who Jeff She was like championing 
from day one that this guy's gonna be this, this guy. And what happens is we're left with one striker, he gets the injury, this 17, 18 year old is thrown in at the deep end without any fans. And I thought he did as well as he could have in his first season as a teenager with no fans. Scores, you know, against the, the Vaggies, home and away. Imagine the adulation he would have had yeah. if fans were in there. So we were left with that and he hasn't, he's not the replacement yet. And now we've lined him out. And there's uncertainty there whether he wants to go well, back. Well, I want to comment on that because yeah. you're bringing up Fabio Silva. Yeah. Um, obviously, how many goals has he scored? 15 goals 15, and then quite a few assists. Two different More than what our strikers have scored. You know, <laughs> it's two years on, you know. Would you bring Fabio Silva into the squad as a potential starter or off the bench for next season? Yeah. Go on, Paul. Go, Paul. Should the question be why wouldn't you bring him in? Yeah. When he's just scored 15 goals, numerous assists as well. I mean, he deserves opinion, doesn't he, Fabio? Yeah. A lot of people say, oh, he's not good enough, it's a championship thing. But I've, when I've seen him, even at, like when Manny, you were saying at a young age, his movements, but he never had the people to pick the movements out and pick his runs or anything. And now he's stronger and more experienced. Yeah, well, I want to just bring a touch on a point that you said there. I think as a, as a forward line, we're way too static. We're so easy to play against, and we have been for such a long time. You look at the other top teams, and they're so fluid. Um, they're running behind. They're really difficult to mark and play against. Um, and what Fabio Silva can do that's different to what we've got is make those runs in behind, make those runs in between the fullback and the centre half, drag people out of position, pop up in the six-yard box as well. So why wouldn't you bring him back when he's just been off the back of a really good season? He also looks very strong and also he's strong mentally because we've seen him step up and take important penalties mm. for PSV. Well, he scored that winning penalty for him, didn't he? Exactly. So he's scoring goals like the types that we want to see exactly. getting on the end of things. So if we, mm. if we go to Fabio Silva's not our player and this 20-year-old has scored 11 goals for Anderlecht and PSV and he scored six goals in... In, uh, for the under-21s for Portugal in only eight games. Wow. Right? That's what he's done since he left here. So since he's left here, he's scored six in eight for Portugal under-21s as well. We would say, yeah, we'd be interested in him. That, that looks yeah. like a good striker to go for. Yeah. And, and, and he, he is ours. So what is it true that he's not happy? Or is he just because, you know, when you play for a team... And you love. Oh, I know what you're going to say. I would, I'd love to be in next year. But like when you've been stacked in front of all that yes, press, what, yeah. you're not going to say no, are you? Of course you're not going to say And he's had a wonderful time. He's obviously made friendships there. He's a, he's a lad growing up. You know, he's going to be, he's going to be, you know, he's learning all the, the time. And the fans love him there. And the fans, and that's all he wants. And remember, he played his season for Wolves with no fans when he was put right in the deep end. And he scored four goals. Guess what? That's more than... Raul, Costa and um, uh, Kalajic and Juan put together. Yeah, probably put together. He still scored more than those people put together. So, And he was a teenager, so yeah, it wasn't great and he missed chances. But I would rather have my striker. Because he, he missed some sitters, he? He, did. he missed some sitters and, and some headers where he's heading. But he was in the position to do that. So, And if you keep getting in there, yeah, eventually yeah. it goes. I'd have him back in a heartbeat. And I just see him and the infectious nature of Cunha because he's such an infectious person, yeah. such a bubbly person. 
that that's the kind of person that they would probably really hit it off yeah. on the training ground, yeah. out of work, you know, out of off the pitch and on the pitch. And they just might and compliment Kuna's come out with a lot of positive comments about playing here. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, sometimes the price tag, okay, the 35 million. If he'd have bought him for 15 million, people wouldn't have been so much on his thing. Kuna maybe we've played a little bit over things, but they needed to bring things. But you've seen a lot of promise for Kuna and stuff like that. And if you get the right partner, yeah. it could work. Obviously, we've got Sasha coming back as well. We don't really know what we're going to get with Sasha, do we? Because, like... It, he was only on the pitch for 30 minutes and then he's got injured, so you, you don't know how strong he's going to be. Although he was here mm. um, to do his uh, lap of appreciation for his 30 minutes. And I have to say, I have played on the pitch. Uh, both me and Manny have played more on Molly pitch than... Uh, than when you ran onto the pitch, my son actually said, don't run, you'll injure yourself. <laughs> he ran on the... He jogged onto the pitch to, do the, to, do, to join the team. And... Whilst we talk about the striker situation... You know, Costa's gone, obviously, we know. Uh, Raul's still here. Um, obviously, we had the issue where he didn't come on uh, to play, and he was quite emotional. He played the last match of the season, didn't really get much of a thing. But Lopetegui's come out and said he still has a year left on his contract. Paul, do you expect Raul will still be here to start next season? I find the situation really confusing. Yeah. Go back to the end of February, start of March, Fulham away, got an assist. Played really well. Played really well yeah, and then we thought that's it, he's back. Yeah, but he also followed that up with a good performance. Um it was against Spurs, Costa got injured after Second about twenty five minutes. Like old role. Yeah, and we thought, you know, this is more like what we're used to seeing. And then a couple of games later, he's not even not on the bench. He's not even in the match day squad. And we don't see him for weeks. And this 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 is a bit of a theme that we've seen with some of the Eight Nori was out for a while as well. Neto at the end of the season. Neto. What happened with Matinho? Matinho. I mean, what? Just completely outcast for a bit. Why? What happened? How it's? How has it happened? Even if you look at Neto's, they had a little bit of a cryptic post. I thought when he went on Portuguese duty, almost like saying, "Oh, I'm here now. I'm," you know, and it was almost. It seemed like he was having a little bit of a dig of not. You know, one of the things things I've been said about like Pedench wasn't there and Neto and all of those is that Wolves were safe so that they could start their recovery uh, for next season. They let them start their recovery in terms of their injuries and stuff. That's one message. But the thing that I can't get, still can't get my head round, is five foot seven of football heaven. Yeah. You know. I absolutely love Joe Matinho. Everybody does. We do. Everybody does. Yeah. And. For, for him not to show up that last game at Molyneux, even though he was maybe not in the side or he said he didn't want to play because maybe he didn't want to get injured because they weren't going to give him another contract, I don't know. What's your take on that, Manny? I don't think... Um, I don't think Joe Martinez probably was expecting to stay. Um, I, well, don't I know, know whether for a fact he... for the last two years he's wanted a two-year contract yeah, he's going to be given a one. A one it's been right last minute. But the minute. thing is, yeah, Joe Martinez has always been one of those... Complete, I'd say, model professionals, you know, for Portugal, the number of games he plays. You know, when you see the likes of Neves when they talk about him, when even Ronaldo, when he talks about Matinho, he's like, he is the model, he's the person you want to follow on and off the pitch. So, just that appreciation to the fans, even if he had a disagreement or, or something had happened, you still think he would have turned up. You know, um, it's left a sour taste. It, that is a strange one, yeah. and only he will be able to obviously explain that if he if he wants to. Um, obviously, 
you know, Wolves completely and utterly. Um, the fans are passionate for him. They loved his time here. Wolves put a great, you know, and show he, real. And he's played for Wolves more than any other any club other any other club. So he's he, and, and he played with a smile on his he face. Did. He was happy. Something obviously changed. Of what what that is, nobody's got a clue. We can just speculate, but it's so unlike. Um, I sort of got to see him at the training ground, you know, a couple of days after. Um, he was signing. Yeah, to get he was the one missing because we went to the hotel and he wasn't there. And they said, oh, he's not even in the squad. He hasn't even turned up to the hotel. And that was the last game here, and it was a bit flummoxed there. So it was nice to see him. He was with Neto. They were in the same car, which was. Interesting was Neto wasn't there yeah, on the yeah. final day either. So um, uh, and and they he seemed really happy and jolly and met all the fans and chilled out. Pretty, uh, I don't think it's appropriate. Nobody asked him like, like what, where the hell were, were you? You know, but something's obviously happened and um, uh, um, yeah, wish him well. I don't think well, for me personally, it doesn't sour his five years and all the amount of years he was here. You know, he contributed massively. He was one of the greatest footballers we've a, seen. A slightly black mark. Yeah, uh, hopefully, you know, one day he'll he'll say something, and it'll just maybe it'll put our minds at rest because it's just one of those things. Or we haven't really, you know. he hasn't, we haven't really, because like had a social media post saying, yeah, uh, you know, as a lot of them do about my time, and there's no, there hasn't been a comment at all. Paul, you know, getting to the mind of Martini and what we're thinking. It's another confusing episode, isn't it? Um, it's interesting what you just said. I know we shared, reshared some other people's posts that they've done online, but we've heard nothing from him. Nothing like a very simple, had a great five years here. Thank you to all the fans for the support. There's been a wall of silence and something must have gone seriously wrong. But whatever's happened, I still don't want to use the word upset, but I'm surprised that he wasn't out on the pitch on the last game. I think you were a bit, a bit upset, and a lot of people were a bit upset yeah. about the fact that he, he didn't come. We want, I think as a fan, as most fans, we've loved these players playing for our club, and we knew maybe the last time we're going to see him at Molyneux, and we wanted to show them the love and the appreciation, and for him to, mm. to, to have a lasting memory of them leaving. And we weren't able to ha have that shared moment with Moutinho at Molyneux. If you that think about Raul, you know, Raul was left out. He he wasn't bought on. He sort of went off in a huff. But he <laughs> still had the moment. He did. He still came and appreciated the fans. You could see he was emotional because obviously his future was and in the air as well. Yeah. So they still, even though he might have had a falling out or, you know, um, a disagreement, that's completely unlike a player just not to then turn up, yeah. just to... You know, everyone turns up for that because it's just a done thing. So, you know, it was a shame and it was a shame for the fans who gave him so much love. But it's gone now. It's, it's, it's history. It's, it's, it's <laughs> and I think, as Paul said, there's a lot of things that have happened towards the end of the season. Whereas we thought we had so much certainty. Right, we're going to stay up. Happy days. Now we're going to kick on. And then all of these little things all add up yeah. to this cloud of uncertainty this fog that we're not really seeing the big we can't see the picture of what really is happening and this comes down to in some ways to is it Lopetegui's management style confrontation with the board with the chairman is it the same in the dressing room with the players you know is it my way the highway I think when you if you look at the Nuno's when Nuno was there 
when people walked in, you know, he walked in the dressing room, apparently went quiet. We saw what happened with Barry Douglas. It was a similar situation. Is he stamping his authority down and setting the standards, which is a good thing, mm. but how is his man management at times? Does he, like what you say, does he tend to go off a little bit? I don't know. I mean, you can't say that it's not a united dressing room because in order to stay up in the manner that we have and put in some of the performances, especially here that we have, the players are pulling off that common goal and for him, yeah, the bulk of them are anyway. And it's after the, um, we've got saved that a lot of these things have happened, haven't they? Yeah, but it's, Perhaps it is a bit of a concern that just around the periphery of the squad, Aitnuri, Pedence, Neto, there seems to be now a growing list of fractures in relationships. So I think sometimes you've got to, rather than cut people off, you've got to bring them with you yeah. instead. So perhaps if he reflects on his style over the summer, he might think, yes, I need to have authority. Yes, I need to be the person who makes the decisions and in, in charge, but instead of alienating people, I've got to bring the people who are on the edge with me and not turn them away necessarily. So something to think about over the summer, I think. It went from, if it's a fine balance thing, because the first time he comes out and says, I want this, I want that, the club have told me a few different things. Fans are actually on his side a little yeah. bit, saying, yeah, back, back the manager, give him what he wants. And then the third and fourth and fifth and sixth report, we think, mind your neck in there, mate. You know, we stop moaning, because, concentrate. Because this is, this is, it becomes national talking yeah, points. But the thing is, you know, we're, we're Wolverhampton Wanderers. We're not used to just, when that window happened in January, that was out of the blue. We yeah. brought in six players, everybody that he needed, and we stayed up. A fantastic window. We're used to. Oh, we don't and there was a know. lot of messages, the recruitment so, team and Lopetegui were all on the same page, they yeah, were all on the same players. Whatever's happened, they need to thrash. Um, but because because it's already come out now, he's got to, the only thing he's got to confirm to us as the fans is, I'm committed, I'm here next season, I'm committed, and we've got to work hard this summer. I think that's the message yeah. that we're waiting for. That's all he's got to say, and then that, because the cloud is him being uncertain in his position, yeah. and the reporters... All the reporters are reporting that he hasn't changed his stance and it's not certain whether he'll be here because of that. So we that's uncertain. And the Totti yeah. Gomez interview that they put out as well, yeah. we hope he'll be I hope he'll be here yes again. That's yeah. this is this fog of uncertainty. Well they're reading the same things. The players are reading the same things. They're party to what has happened. They, like you when you see the Pedence and the Eight Nuri, you know, you you know their characters. Maybe they can fall out or they Maybe weren't good in their way. Or maybe they weren't When it happened with Matinho, suddenly he's not in the squad. That that was the big thing, you know. And then Lopetegui, even then, he comes out to the press and says, I wanted him, he didn't want to play. You know, and it's like. And then, then you think thinking, well, It's why? always like, well, it's not me, it's him. You go and ask him. And, and this is Matinho. And I just think this is a level of like respect of, you know. Um, Don't need to. Air it you all. just have to say what you need to say, you know, and Alex Ferguson, um, Wenger, those great managers yesteryear, said very little. They reassured you, but said very little in terms of personal issues with any sort of players. They did what they had to do behind closed doors. If, they, if Alex Ferguson needed to get rid of Japstam, David Beckham, he got rid of them when the time was right without making a big funeral. And, and that's what he needs to do if he decides that 
Mm. Ain't no, not really, Matinho. Or not. He needs to make that behind closed doors and not really come out with it. I don't think you know. And um, there's a lot. There's a lot to come out. Over there. I mean, yeah. the, 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 is it the transfer window opens on the 14th of June? Oh, is that right? It's gonna be a long Producer. summer. 15th Thursday. Oh, no, no, 14th of transfer. Transfer window opens on the 14th. The fixtures come out on Saturday uh, on uh, Thursday. Yeah. Um, is it true that we've not had a home match the last? Um, well, we can't play Leicester away, can we? So that's good. No, they can't play Leicester away first match of the season. We uh, we always tend to be away from home, don't we? We were at home the first year we got promoted against Everton, Everton. which yeah. is big. And we're away from yeah. home the last match of the season as well. Mm. Mm. Be interesting. Who? Okay, we're just going to. Just a little sidetrack. Who do you want first match of the season? Do you know what I want? Manchester City. Yeah, I want the Get big, it out of the way. I want the big Because they're probably yeah. still drunk yeah. From, yeah. from the treble. They probably get good. They start, they get, the longer it goes on, the better they yeah. get. Let's, let's have Manchester City. Yeah. We, did get them, awesome. we did get them as our second game, didn't we, in that first season back? And we got a good, good bomb bomb draw. I, I, want, I, I want City. Yeah. First, first game or first or second game that will do us. Yeah, give us the big boys early before they really hit their stride. Dave, there is a potential that we've lost five nil, six nil, and we get hammered another six nil, and that's like. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe you have to repeat. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. <laughs> um, Adama Traore. Um... um. So many players to talk about. And I'll be trying to your thoughts on that because, like, he's, again, he's, he's out of contract. He's free to talk. So I know that Lopetegui wants to keep him. Yeah, but it's gonna be normal for him to for reports to come out that X, Y, and Z are interested in him because they don't have to pay a fee. So people are gonna to talk to him because he has that that one ability of not scoring goals and not assisting. No, that pace, people, you know, know that frightens people and in a certain league you know in Turkey or maybe Saudi Arabia or somewhere he could probably you know do really really well because the level of opposition isn't 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 as great as the Premier League so it's obvious he's going to talk to people but if nobody comes in nobody buys him no sign then he's still would you like to see him still at Wolves next year I think we've I think we've got to change I don't want to see Potentially, any of those wide forward players, Pedence, Geddes, Traore, I'd be happy with all of them going. We need a new approach. We don't score goals. We do not score goals. These players do not score goals. We've seen it for how long? So we need to bring in people who will assist and score. Now they're across the ball. Well, 
<laughs> and Dominic, for you, what's your, what's, your, what's your thoughts? I agree with what Manny said. Uh, mm. I find myself changing my mind on him within a game. Um, how much does he actually really want to be here when he's had this contract on the table for a long time now? If he really wanted to stay at this club, he would have signed it before, I think. And over the last three years, we've really struggled for goals. We've really struggled to create goals. Perhaps he's been part of that problem. Not Obviously not the only reason. He's, he's, well, he's the last couple of the last game yeah. against yeah, Arsenal, the only player that was yeah. really putting you know, put yeah. a shift in yeah. or anything. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be devastated if he if he did stay because he's a player that gets fans off their seat. He's got the ability to change the course of a game. That home game here, yeah. yeah he's a great a professional and a great brilliant. person to have around the club. But I think on the balance, perhaps it's time for him to go and for us to try a different approach. Yeah, obviously, I'll, 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 definitely, I'll, I'll kind of like, like Triori. I, I think I'm still on this, like, he'll get him to do it with, you know, with Sesa. But, you know, we'll, I'm the we'll same with Nesso. You know, if someone came in with a fee for Nesso, I'd, I'd sell it. At this point. Yeah, yeah. I'd, because I think we just need a new, fresh approach up front. Well, we what need, we do. And then that's where I look at, like, you know, the Silvers. The, the lad from Coventry, I'd love us to take a punt on someone like him. What's with his name? Jokeres or something. Jokeres. Jokeres, yeah. yeah. So, you know, Jokeres, Silva, Cunha, maybe another wide player from somewhere. Well, we know, well, one player we know that's definitely going to be here because we're going to say his career, he's going to be the poster boy. He's, he's, and he's been one of the best, you know, he has, best players under Lopetegui. He scored goals as well. He scored yeah, and he's always goals. seems to be in the right you know, place. He's, he's like the tap-ins that he's got. Considering, considering where he was uh, under large and the fans were on his back, he was getting injured. He, anything he was kicking was just going out of bounds or, you know, being that slice clearance, you know, it was a great finish by Newcastle. But everything was going wrong for him. And, and suddenly Lopetegui, one thing he's got, he's got him sort of ticking whenever he came came on he did a job he did a job he uh, he managed games for us especially and he home. does that pace as well yeah and, and he scored strong. goals and he scored like three goals with it so you know i think he'll be here obviously and um but i think we just need new fresh approach up well front. fresh approach yeah before we get on to the defense and the the, the conor cody uh, situation and then to the and our awards joe hodge chiquino Oh, Ryan Giles, yeah. what are you? What, what what are your takes on uh, on them? I mean, Ryan Giles has got the best assists in the championship for the last two years running. A bit like you're on about that thingy. I really want to see him part of the squad for next yeah. year because, like, people say I was a championship player, but like, you can take championship players and make them Premier League players. Ivan Tony, Ivan, well, exactly. So I mean. Those three players that I pulled out there, Joe Hodge probably was one of the, again when he came on, probably did one of the best when he came on against Arsenal for that 30 minutes. What are your takes on those three? Chiquino, when we saw him. Man, he could cross he, them all. Yeah. Yeah. Can he cross the ball? <laughs> that cross for Cody's goal against Chelsea. Yeah. We haven't had a cross like that every. He since. literally <laughs> can cross the ball. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got, you got Bubakar Troyer that's come back into yeah. the mix as well. I mean, all of these players, do you see them, you know, what poor. What are your thoughts, especially Ryan Giles? Yeah, I mean, I definitely want to see him given a chance. The only way he won't be is that you might look at him as a saleable asset in that he's off the back of a couple of good seasons now in the Championship. He's of a good age, he's English, 
so he could command a decent fee. I don't want to see him sold, I want to see him given a chance because we know we've struggled for goals and one of his oh. strengths is supplying goals and he's done that for two years in a row from left back. So he needs to be given a chance and the only way that he's not given a chance is if a big bid comes in. Yeah, I, you know, the thing is, he's the kind of player, you know, we'd sell him for, like, say, 15 million and say that's clear profit for us because we didn't pay anything for him. And then he goes and the tears up. There, yeah. And we think, oh, God, why did we get rid of him? So, you know, he's proved himself. He's gone away, proved himself. Mm. And that's all you ask players to do. And not and just being consistent as <laughs> same well. Same with Silver. Yeah. They've gone out on loan and they've proved themselves. They've made a big impact. And there are players... And if we're not going to sell them, if we're not going to sell them for a big fee, then we have to play them, um, and they have to be brought into the squad. I'm really excited with Chiquinho. The only doubt, obviously, is the injury was horrific, yeah. and we've seen, you know, previous injuries with Johnny and Neto, and you know, it's it's a horrific injury. I, you know, when when you look at Adama going, I'm thinking of fit and flying Chiquinho. I'm not worried about Adama going because, wow, you know, what he was, he was brilliant. and. Um, uh, <sighs> Yeah, so they're, they're players that have to come into the fold, particularly if... And they're exciting players yeah, as well. Yeah, they are good. Again, imagine if they were three up-and-coming championship players that didn't belong to us. We would be looking at them, wouldn't yeah, we? Would so, you know, it's again... We have got players. We've got more midfield options than we've had before, even with Matinho Neves going. You know, Lamina, Gomez... Nunes looks like he's still Well, at one point last season, we only had two midfielders. Well, yeah, we did. Before we bought yeah. them. Now we've got... You know. Kundal still out you know. To be honest, you talk about Neves, um, and like, mm. yeah, we think he's going to go, and he want, and personal terms apparently agreed with Barcelona, but it, it's not cut and dry that he will go. And we heard from the uh, DNS thing, didn't we, that like, if he doesn't go, he will sign, he will sign a new contract with Wolves, so they don't lose him for nothing. So you can never say never for, with Neves, but we've got to talk about Conor Cody, of course. Mm. Uh, Cody went away to Everton, <coughs> we all, we've covered this, you know, Everton hardly played him, although he played the last match of the season. It's strange that was, Pull, Pla and then played him and he keeps a clean, you know. And <laughs> they've not taken up the option. Yeah. Cody obviously went under a cloud for a little bit, coming back. We'll go with you first on this one, Paul. Conor Cody. Does he come back into the Wolves squad this season or not for you? It depends on Lopetegui, doesn't it, really? Does he want him? Yeah, we do know that Lopetegui likes to play a four. Not saying that Connor can't play. Would you see the likes of Connor and Dawson playing together at the back? No. Probably not in that combination. But we know that Lopetegui values experience. He values an English core. He values particularly Premier League experience. So that's what he does add. Um, I think people are perhaps judging him a bit harshly that he left in, in the summer, but did he go and ask for a transfer or was he told by Bruno Large, you're not part of my plans? You know, what started that process? We think it was Bruno Large. Mm. So we probably wouldn't be having this conversation if there wasn't that issue last summer. And putting my sports psychology hat on for a moment, there's something uh, in sports psychology known as a cultural architect. So you, as an individual, can influence the values, the behaviours, the, the normative behaviour of the people around you as an individual through your 
through your own behaviours and the things that you do, the things that you say. And if you go back to the start of last season, we had a shocking start to the season. Kilman was performing below his best because Connor wasn't there. And I think we sometimes undervalue what an individual can bring to a team and the influence he can have on the players around. around. We lost a lot of leaders, didn't we? Yeah, so for me, that's a really undervalued trait that he can bring. And I know people will throw back, oh, yeah, but some people see him as just like as a cheerleader, but that's, that's not true and that's not fair because he brings so much more than that. And actually, he's a really good player. You don't get capped 10 times by England captain of England you don't finish seventh twice in the Premier League and get to the quarterfinal of Europa League Seven and play every match yeah. if you're not a good player so I think that debunks the idea that he's not a good player um, but yeah I mean I think generally more people than not want him to be there but for me I would love to see him back in the fold and to see how he fits in and even if he's not playing you can guarantee that he's going to be doing the right things around the camp to boost the other players as well you don't know, i did a video uh, recently about connor and i'm saying probably about 70 75 percent of people that commented on that video wanted him to return mm. uh, i think connor Cody will go you do i don't think i think probably Sheffield in his, in like his mind he's already looking to go the problem with Connor Cody is he, everything Paul said is correct. He, for me, he was the best captain I've ever seen Brilliant. at this football club in my time. You know, uh, the captains I've seen, his leadership was exemplary. His, um, uh, you know, the the bonding of the team, the <clears throat> things that he did off the pitch as well. He was very infectious. He's very easy to get on with. Probably every player in the dressing room loved him as well. But <clears throat> technically. We know that he's an expert in playing a three at the back. You know, Everton needed a result. Um, Sean Dyche decides I'm going to go three at the back straight away. Connor's straight back in because he's natural in that position. That's his natural way of playing, the way he leads it. He's got enough cover around him in terms of pace and and doing some of the things that maybe he can't do. That's normal. Every player's got pros and cons. And his cons are huge in leadership, and what Paul's, Paul's spoken about. But I think in a two, I think even Conor Cody would obviously give it a go because he's a he's an ultimate football man. He'll give absolutely everything. But if you asked him, how would you want to play? He would want to be in the centre of the three. So if that's not going to happen, if that's not going to happen here, which it's not, we're not going to go back to that. I don't think we no, are. Then, then I don't think there's a future for him here. And at this stage of his, you know, career, he'll want to play football. He'll want to, you know, um, wear an armband. There's been a lot that's been linked with the large so, Sheffield. Yeah, and I'm right. sure, you know, he'd be a great signing for somebody playing with three at the back. He'd still be, I mean, Everton would rock solid that last day because he played in in the in the in in that position. So I can't I don't see him here. He's he'll always be like for me, you know, like a modern almost like a modern day legend for us. Because if you think about, you know, Forget thinking of Connor just the player. Think of what we achieved around him. You know, getting back into the Premiership, the two seventh places, going into Europe first time in four decades. It was under his 
him being captain, him being the centre of everything. People when Neves and Jotters and all them were brought into this club. Even by you speak to Neves and he absolutely purrs about Conor Cody and the influence he had when Neves arrived well, here. Well, you know, and they're really great mate. But it's like you could see probably in the background how much hard work he probably did in nurturing and encouraging and making people welcome. Because you're gonna, you know, Conor Cody's in the room. You're gonna be felt. You're gonna be made welcome, aren't you? He's not gonna just sit there and ignore you. And um, uh, so yeah, he's he's a fantastic guy, fantastic player for us over the years. But I don't see him with a future with us. And I hope he gets a, a cracking move, you know, to Carver, you know, sorry, um, Sheffield United or someone like that. I don't think he'll want to go to Championship. No, though. no. I mean, he could, he could, could potentially could go to like a Championship side that's looking to get out because he's got that expertise. Yeah. So somebody plays through at the back, he could go there just to get that next step, like a Middlesbrough or something, you know, someone who's playing that way, that he could probably relaunch his career. I think he's done the England thing, hand on heart. He probably thinks, I'm not really going to go back into the England. Probably. England right. Unless he I've done that. gets a lot of regular yeah. football. Yeah, so It'll be interesting know. to see how that pans out, uh, to be honest, um, with, with Cody. Obviously, he'll have to report for for pre-season if he's uh, not he'll always say the right things and uh, he'll work as hard as anyone at pre-season as well because that's his attitude I think you know. and he's seen through yeah. so many managers you can never say never with Connor as well but it's mm. a bit interesting to see take it let's just say like obviously before we get on to the, uh, the awards yeah. um, who's your captain next year Paul if it's not Neves I know it's a, it's a good question <clears throat> who's your captain probably not Kilman I mean, I don't think necessarily a captain has to be the loudest person. I don't know if Kilman's really that that leader. He's boss yet. captain at the moment, isn't he? Yeah. He got the armband when Neves was yeah. injured. Yeah. I mean, we saw somebody pick up the armband yeah. at the end of one match towards the end of yeah. last season. That's not the answer either. No. I mean, I was surprised it didn't go to Dawson, to be honest, because he's got the experience. He's a great organiser. So... From our current base of players, if Ruben's not here, if Connor's not here, then for me it would probably be Dawson. Money. I would say Dawson's completely natural, the position he plays, and the other one is Mario Lamina for me, because he seems like a fixture in the side, and again he plays in that position where he sees the whole play. I do potentially like my captains to be right in the centre, mm. that they can see everything. You know, sometimes I'll give it to a striker like Harry Kane and people like that, and then sort of on the, yeah, yeah. they're a talisman in the side, but they're not really they don't a get captain yeah. who's conducting things on the pitch. And um, uh, I like to see proper midfield, general-type captain, so maybe Levine has got a shout, you know, in that, because I think he's got, he's, he talks well, he's got a quite infectious personality, He's got experience now. He's got a, a good end of the season behind him, so he'll have the popularity and the backing of the fans. So if if not Dawson, then and the Lamina might be the other person. But Kilman just seems like really weird that, that that he was given it because he, no disrespect to him, but he just seems really quiet, yeah. softly spoken, not really. You don't see too much emotion. And captains really do yeah. sometimes need to get the crowd going. So good, and, to be honest, yeah. I mean, Lamina's a, a decent shout. Yeah. Um, I can see why you'd, you'd say him. He's matured a, a lot from when he was at Southampton and yeah. through his experience. I'm surprised you know, by really, the type of player he was. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Um, but I think I'll probably go with Dawson just because he's been there and done it. Um, he leads by example on the pitch. He's quite mature. He's got, a, he, you know, he's got that respect. He's almost like a direct replacement for Connor in the yeah, way. Literally, the things we yeah. were lacking when Connor went, we brought back in with yeah. Dawson. Yeah. Leadership, control, with a, no disrespect to um, Connor, with someone who could play a back four better as well. Yeah. You know, so um, it was what cracking signing. It kept us up, basically. All of these things that we've been talking about, obviously, leave your thoughts uh, in the comments section. We're going to get on to our uh, awards. I think we're going to have some alternative awards. Um, are we all settled that uh, Neves, player of the season? Up until his injury, I was going Hugo Bueno all yeah. season. I just thought when he came in, he was absolutely brilliant. He, he made that position his own. He gets injured and, and then Totti Gomez was a, re a revelation there as well. So um, Neves quite clearly just, you know, he's just all action, isn't he? I mean, maybe not scoring some of the goals that we would like him to score and some of his shooting might, but just, I think he just developed as this all action all round yeah. midfielder backwards and forwards and, you know. Paul? Yeah, I think it'd be a full house, wouldn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Neves. Okay. Um breakthrough player of the season. Well I've I've just mentioned mine then. You go bueno. <laughs> yeah. In terms of breakthrough from zero to nothing, I mean we've seen Hodge show some promise. Yeah. Lopetegui clearly rates him a lot, he's been talking him up. Really surprised he didn't let him go out on loan and then didn't use him for the remainder of the season. But could you also say for that, Toto Gomez is yeah. another breakthrough because we saw glimpses. In I've been so impressed with his attitude and how yeah. he's adapted. Love him. Love him. He's a proper, proper defender. defender. Oh, he is. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> no nonsense, is he? Yeah, yeah, he's, no. got, he's very athletic yeah. as well. You know what we've seen with Manchester City? There's a new way of playing in defence, four centre-halves. Yeah. And they've literally got four centre-halves who all can defend. Physicality. And then literally, if you think about it, when Gomez is in there, it reminds me of that. Mm. Thinking like we've got a yeah. proper defender, you know, and um, and some, and some he was bursting forward as well. He was. You know, he's, he's, he's quite athletic yeah, as well, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. yeah, and he can obviously, you know, you don't become a Premier League player if you can't play as mm. well. Got an assist or, was it the Brentford game when he cut it back for Costa? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I look forward How to seeing. How old is he? He's only young as well, isn't he? About twenty three, twenty four. Just yeah. got his first international call up as well, which is amazing for him. Well, so is the other one that we've got on loan, Mascara. Yes, you know, he's. I think he's got. Hasn't he oh, got yeah. into the Colombia. Yeah, MLS sort of team of the season yeah. as well, or something. He's got into the sort of. Uh, uh, oh, some right, of the monthly yeah. teams and he's also got called up for Colombia so and a lot we talk about like by going out and buying these players for lots of money you look at Hugo Bueno yeah. that's come through the academy you look 3000 pounds we spent on him how much 3000 pounds what is that how much <laughs> 3 grand <laughs> 3 grand okay that's, that's a start and a half Totti Gomez <laughs> who went to they sent him out to grass offers has come back yeah. he was a centre back Moved to uh, left, yeah, left fullback mm. and has adapted. I mean, those are two players. You look at the, the Joe Archer they got from City, who's yeah. coming. He looks a real tidy player. Luke Hundle, who's had another they bought in. They bought in that Lembekisa for one game and he looked brilliant, didn't he? He did, and then he, he had that, he, that, yeah. and he, that was in the FA Cup FA against Cup, Liverpool. Yeah. He was brilliant. And then against Arsenal, he did come a little yeah. bit unstuck. Yeah. But he's only a young... We've got yeah, lots yeah. of great young talent that are coming through mm. which 
some, somehow, some way, there's got to be a pathway for them players, not just to be loaned out and sold, but to make it through as Wolves players. And that's down to the recruitment team, the management staff, to make sure that things like that happen. Hugo Bueno only got into the team because of injuries. Injuries, yeah. And then Harry was ill at Palace mm. the night before. Yeah. yeah. And he played, and he, he set the goal up. Exactly. And sometimes yeah. these things, they would never have got that opportunity. But sometimes they need to. And mm. I know it's hard in the Premier League. But the thing is, you know, if you've got like a Man City whose first team are just steamrolling everyone. And you the can, second team. So you can understand a Manchester City Academy player not really going to get into, into that squad. Yeah. We had a team of forwards that were misfiring yeah. all season. So, you know, why not load some of the, the talent that we've got? And they just might shine. Yeah. Sometimes you just have Maybe to... Maybe even that. Nathan Fraser, big season, another season, scores lots of goals. You know, someone to look at maybe in the Cups, maybe, in, you know, just somebody to introduce. And They've got to start somewhere, haven't they? They have, and if they know where the back of the net is. Um, this is... Um, an alternative one, uh, Paul's, Paul's wanting to get this one in. Social media moment of the year. Uh, well, we're talking stuff that Wolves put out, aren't we, here? Yeah. Because they, the content they do put out, hats off to the team. I look forward to seeing the stuff that the they The media release. team has been fantastic, haven't they? Mm. So, I think on my shortlist would be um, the, the videos you put out. over. Yes, the, so the Nottingham Forest, the playtime's over, uh, response to the Diego Costa thing, yeah, that was excellent. Um, I really found stuff very heartwarming about the young lad Fraser. Fantastic. Um, and your Dharma Traore one that yeah. was on re yeah. recently. You're on that video about three times as well. <laughs> you, know, you know, it just shows a real insight into some of the players that we never used mm. to get to see. It's it? really fascinating yeah, and yeah. it shows what such a humble guy he is mm. as well. But like the Fraser thing... Yeah. Everyone was in tears. And even FIFA mm. yes. shared that. FIFA shared it. Yeah. Yeah. That was fantastic content mm. uh, as well. Just goes to show what an amazing job the team are doing here in terms of inclusion, looking after their fan base. Um, yeah, so that video obviously deserves a mention. I think I would probably pick uh, the Gabby Ogbonmahor TikTok video where yeah. he said they're my absolute bankers to get relegated. And they clipped up um, goals from Pedence, who he'd been slating, Diego Costa, Traore, who was going through the motions, he said. Mm. Um, so that tickled me a lot, and it came at the moment when we'd secured safety, having been bottom at Christmas, and but that, that video has caused a lot of amusement for me. So my video, uh, my social media moment is the ad on the whole video. Manny, you got You one? know what, I, you've mentioned, but he's mentioned them all, hasn't he? But you, let's go, like, the Costa signing. You know, when Costa yeah. signing. That was when that, let's that. be honest, when it was rumoured, we all had a bit of a chuckle because, look, it's like, who, why are we going to pull out a player of yesteryear out of nowhere at the jungle in Brazil, sort of, you know, somebody <laughs> in the wilderness, not, not being heard of, you know, we don't know who he plays for. And then suddenly, you know, you get the, someone's put a tweet out of a car going in at Molney through the back gates. And then, you know, it, it, the build-up, wasn't it? The build-up, the build-up. And then, you, to, you know, Wolves actually think of, let's go and get some 
well, there were dogs obviously, but wolf dogs or whatever. Let's get them and let's make them, you know. I think they were actually wolves. Yeah, they were wolf dogs. Oh, wolf dogs, were yeah, they? Yeah, they're like a sort of a cross between yeah, the two. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and Costa has said, actually went out and said he was scared. He was absolutely that. terrified when they launched the behind the scenes. So that, that was fairly funny. And it was quite an arrival. And for a, for a bit, I thought, it, you know, it was a bit of a, it didn't really work out, but it was key at the end of the yeah, day. He was got sort of key right at the end Addie's of the season. Adding the uh, dressing in the, room. In the, in the crunch, and he was such a, what a joker. Every video, every training session, you know, and I think we'll probably miss his antics because it brings people together. But so, we can, uh, it, it, as they say, it's better than to have loved and lost. Well, it's a short term. We always knew it was going to be a short term thing. It's not a long term thing. He's not one for the future. He's not going to score a hat full of goals. I'm just glad yeah. he did score yeah. because to have gone with that left walls with one more red, more red cards than goals. Mm. My social thing, because I was going to go with that one, but also I think we need to mention free Joe Gomez. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And it was to be honest, that what campaign. What not only what a signing, and I yeah. think he's going to be a fantastic player for Wolves, and his attitude looks bang on. And we saw him today. He's on the beach in Brazil playing volleyball, wearing his Wolves kit, but. From what he's actually said, that free Joe Gomez campaign massively influenced him. They want me, the fans want me, I'm going there. Young players want to be felt. They yeah. want to be felt wanted, don't they? Mm. If you're just talking about Fabio Silva, he's talking so fondly because he feels wanted at that yeah. club. Yeah. So that's the reason. So, you know, with youngsters, if when he turns on social media, and they all read social media, remember... He's seeing that everywhere. Everyone's hashtag free Joe Gomez, free and Joe what Gomez. The club uh, jumping on top of it. He's seeing every and the unveil as well. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the, yeah, the the video that they did. I mean, fair play to the media team. I mean, and I've you know said this as well. That they, they their, their content levels have been absolutely fantastic across the board with everything they've done, which is you've got to commend it. Okay, um, goal most important goal of the season. I know we've only had thirty. I will go with. Um, there's two for me. There's two, and one is the first game, Lopetegui's yeah. eight nuri. But I'm going to go for Pedence at Forest. Oh, yeah. It was an awful performance. Yeah, it, it was, was good shout. Rubbish. Rubbish. Better, though. It was rubbish. Had they had beaten us, we couldn't have, we couldn't have said anything. You know, had they had beaten us, it, it was it was like so proverbial yeah. six pointer type game. And, and that goal was, I think, huge. Just at the, because our away form was rubbish anyway. Yeah. So on the road, that was, and, it, and then we followed it up with a home win. Um, so I, I, I'll just say that one because it was. I think that's a really good shout. To horrific. be honest, our I mean, is coming out after the game and saying, "Well, we got yeah. away with it, really," because we were never in the game. Here's another one, but I'm not going to mention that because one of you will probably on, mention. Yeah. It. Go on then, Paul. Yeah, Manny's, if we don't mention it, you can say. Yeah. Manny's highlighted some good ones. Um, but I mean, the Southampton performance. You yeah. <laughs> wanted that. The whole well, you've just been talking about Joe Gomez and the yeah. signing and and that this was his debut. Don't forget, and we were down to ten men. It wasn't even known as a goal scorer. <laughs> yeah, down to ten men after half an hour. Also a goal down, and then somehow in the second half we turned the game on, on its head. And yeah. Diego Costa's introduction made a difference as well. Um, but that goal on. 87 minutes, pandemonium in the away. Oh, it wasn't it just... It and was don't like... forget, I mean, we don't score many goals anyway, but away from home, it's been really slim pickings, hasn't it? So that moment really put um, distance between us and them. 
but also showed how the squad, the players on the pitch were fighting for that for that common goal. Mm. Absolutely, no, absolutely. Well, thanks for pinching that. What one. are you going for, Dave? <laughs> well, I mean, the only other one that I can that, yeah, that yeah. I can mention, uh, other than that one, is the Everton goal, mm. last minute goal, and that was. I mean, literally, I'm on a. I think I'm on the uh, the chair, on the, where I'm sitting, standing on the uh, on the seat with my scarf going and stuff mm. like that for about five minutes after the game because it was like it was such a great important yeah. goal and these are all these goals that we've mentioned the forest yeah. crucial everton against teams that were southampton around you had we have lost or dropped points against it could have made a big difference true, to the uh, to the yeah. table towards the, end the season. Our confidence everything you so know. they were they were absolutely crucial mm. games um what result you could if you could change one result what would it be? There's a few, isn't there, that, that would change. Um, Don't pinch Manny's. I've got he's yeah, he's already, got he's already I think I know what he's going to say. So he's I'll say he bags he did before. Yeah, I'll say a different one. That Leeds result here in March, 4-2. Oh. I mean, we'd also recently lost at home to Bournemouth. We were really still in trouble. Mm. And the manner of the defeat and the types of goals we conceded. We were 3-0 down, weren't we? Mm. At one point, the weather was foul as well. It was just there was a red card. It was just a horrible, horrible day. And I think Leeds are a team that we always want to try. They didn't win um, again. I think no. after that, they're, all, <laughs> they're always a team that we want to um, get one over on anyway. So yeah, I mean, I, I'd change that one. And also another mention. Um, I'm not going to steal Manny's thunder, but Leicester at home, October kind of time, four nil. They had come off the back of uh, did they lose seven out of the first eight matches. Yeah. Yeah. And I was really, really concerned after the, again, the manner of that defeat. They scored with every shot they had yeah. against it us. It was almost like Southampton all them years ago, apart from against Southampton, we played well. Yeah. yeah, so if I had to pick one, I'd say the Leeds one and I'll let Manny pick what he wants. Right, now he has bags in this before we start, <laughs> so that's where he is. Go on, Manny. Now, you know, the FA Cup is always special for Wolves fans and just to this club. And we went to Anfield. A place where we've, you know, in the cup, we remember we beat them 2 0 in the cup. Um, 2 1 wasn't cup. it in the end? 2 0, remember we beat them with Stearman and um, Wyman. 2 1, wasn't it? Was it was a late, yeah, late two, time, yeah, it was a late goal. I always remember it as 2 0. I remember that one. So, um, you know, we went there and we played a second team, didn't we? Well, they we saw played, the line up. We, we saw the, the line side, up. They were playing the full side. And we absolutely were brilliant that day. We were like, took the game to them. We looked like scoring. We were, you know, on the front foot. And then obviously we'd, we'd scored, didn't we? And we all celebrated. And and then the mystery of the, you know, the missing camera angle. And now the VAR have said they're going to introduce four new camera angles next season for offside decisions. And uh, you know, so that was horrific. So I've changed that because what a moment for Gomez that was, and that potentially puts us in the next. And you don't know where that takes you, you know, and you could easily find yourself in the latter stages. Right. And well, that's one of these things, isn't it? We do. I mean, like you know, we might not be winning the Premier League or getting the Champions League, or you know, but cup. Yeah, it's winning. Winning yeah. cup. We want some silverware. Yeah. Want to win something? It'd be nice. I'm okay. You know, we. We won the Asia Trophy and all of these, but no, like you know, it's mine. Um, I'm gonna go with the, that's a good one. 
But like, I'd like that penalty to be given away at Newcastle when Nev- when mm. Nev- Jimenez is brought down, you know. Yeah. And um, we, I think we score that goal, we win that. It gets sent off, we win the game. Um, so you know, it is a long way to go. It was a great weekend. I mean, yeah. this guy, you know, is crazy on a night out, and he, he does like to sing. What's your song that you like to sing? I think we were all singing a bit of I want to know what love is. Yeah, we're singing that. I'm sure that video will surface one day. I've got, I'll show you after, mate. There's, there's one, though, that we haven't mentioned, and I thought Manny was going to say Forest. this. Forest away in the cup. In the cup, yeah, again, the League Cup. Uh, penalties. Know, the chance well, when he to takes get... his shoe off. And you don't yeah, get... a chance how to get... many did, How many penalties did we not get given that we're like, it's like crazy. They tried their best, did they not? Yeah. To... But we still stayed up regardless of all of that. That would have been a, a semi-final, and yes, it would have been Man United over two legs. But you're in a semi-final, and you've got a chance of getting to a final to win some major silverware, and we should have won that game. And We were the better side in the second yeah. half and everything, but we didn't happen. And at the end of the day, Forrest played an extra couple of games, and um, they went out. But like that was my silver line at the end, at the end of the day. Well, they've got to play an extra couple of games, but they stayed up as well. And and so we've covered all off all of those. Do we have any others? Best tackle. Oh, best tackle. <laughs> I'll, you know what? I don't know if there's one tackle, but um, I'll just give it to Craig Dawson. You know, just <laughs> being in the way of things at home, especially. You know, there were times against. Villa and Palace, and 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 there was a few matches here where we've gone one nil up. And he was literally throwing himself left, right, and centre. And you know, um, I, I can't think of an individual. When you think of best tackle, all, all I think about is Ryan Bennett. <laughs> Remember all those years ago against Chelsea? You know, nothing, I think, um, equals. Well, to I've that got one. one. Have you? Go on, go Yeah, Lamina, first game, he comes in. He, I think he makes a, he, he makes a statement tackle. Okay. Uh, every, I remember everyone talking about that. He's like, committed, takes the ball. Centre of the pitch, set a, set a, set a standard straight away. Yeah. I can't think of one specific tackle. It's definitely not Collins on Grealish earlier on in the season. <laughs> um, I, that I'd changed give, Grealish's season, that did, I think, yeah, for the yeah. better. <laughs> I'd give it to Lamina, his whole performance against Liverpool, and the tackles were a huge feature of that. Mm. I mean, I've hardly ever wanted to give someone 10 out of 10. For a he was, wasn't he? Yeah. But he was exceptional Perfect. on that day. His pressing, his closing down, use of the ball. Um, so, can I say that from a game rather than one specific tackle? Fantastic. Yeah, anything else? I have one more. One more to finish off on. Yeah. And that's your moment or highlight of the year. Well, go on, Paul. <laughs> um... I think if we're talking about like stuff that's pitch related and and to do with the team, I think the unveiling of Lopetegui. Um, again, we've talked about the situation when he joined. We were in dire straits, but when he was appointed, I think we all said on this podcast we're going to stay up. So the arrival of him, for me, although there was still that worry there that we could get relegated. I felt so much better knowing that we had him compared with Bruno Raj. No disrespect, Steve Davis as well. So the arrival of Lopetegui. Right. Is it going to be football? Could be anything, mate. Um, the walk. Yeah, you Chelsea? know what? The, the walk. walk. I, that's what I was going to mention. Was like you know, 
I can't believe that was this season. It seems like, again, it's been such a big, oh, yeah. big, big, big I season. I remember you uh, arriving. Yeah, at, I mean, that, so emotional, that, that was that, that day you guys were there and it was brilliant to see all, all you guys. That last mile, especially, the pain. But the, you know, then just seeing fans from both sides just wishing you well, patting your back, literally throwing money at you. And then and Chelsea there. They were great, they? they they had two stewards about a mile out to walk with me to walk me walk me <laughs> in. And um uh, and then, you know, the reception and then meeting um Ruben and Nathan Collins, it was on the pitch. Even that even that was tremendous by Wolves to do that. So that was like a huge highlight. I mean we lost the game three 0 I was I wasn't I wasn't hard. Well you are horizontal. <laughs> I was literally <laughs> Everyone's like standing up on a away day. I'm sitting down, peering through, but there's not much to see because we're getting hammered. Like you know, but um, yeah, that that will always live with me. It was a bit of off the cuff thing to think about doing, and the way it panned out, and the way everybody jumps on the bandwagon, and it goes and gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and you know, the amount it raised was just. It's even now, like you know, Dementia UK, like. Dementia UK actually from it doing a set of fundraisers where they're encouraging people to walk from stadium to stadium oh, and they're going to launch something and because they saw the impact it had and they're encouraging um, other that's football fans. Oh, that's good. So that's football fans. Yeah, yeah, it has. And um, they, they're actually doing something tomorrow here at Marvinia. Um, um, we're coming down for that, doing a bit of a promo for it. Um, but yeah, so that's my moment. On the pitch, there just wasn't... There's, you know those real moments was there, um, but it'll have to go. Probably, I'd say the eight Nuri goal. Even though you know the Gomez one, that one we were there. Everton. I actually love Everton. As a, I just love the old style, the four stands, the pillars, the everything. It's just wooden seats, and it's like the new manager comes on board. How is he going to be for us? A cagey game. And then bang, you score that goal. You know the atmosphere, the limbs, yeah. and I think it set us up for for staying up. So on the pitch, it'll probably be that. Yeah, that was winning best podcast award. Yeah, oh my a, god, yeah, that, that was, was, a, that was, was still the season. Oh well, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, so many, yeah, personal. I mean, yeah, I mean, from from like from the from the team, obviously that was surreal. Huge achievement. That surreal, was, yeah. you know. So I hadn't even didn't even cross my mind, but yeah, I mean, obviously. I, we're incredibly proud about that and uh yeah i mean that's that was that's definitely a highlight and uh that was in manchester we flew out the next day to uh to uh morocco on holiday so that's worked out really nicely so yeah that um i think the everton thing that you said's good the uh the southampton away from joy uh absolute joy and why we go through these miles that we do both of those things were just incredible but like for for a moment um of just sheer wonderment and bedazzlement and sh sheer shock mm. that Matthias Nunes goal yeah i guess i mean yeah. like Chelsea. where i mean like it just came out of absolutely nowhere mm. what a strike in a goal we thought the chance had gone and then it's in the top top of the corner mm. and it was a fantastic goal and he's a player that i think has so much ability and talent and we haven't I mean, Lopetegui has said we haven't really seen the best of him. I think at home he came good, though, didn't he? Yeah. That, that run at home. Oh yeah, he came good. Yeah, and mm -hmm. the concern, like, is you know, 
going forward, we need a lot more highlights, a lot more joy, a lot mm. more celebration and less stress. We don't want to... Goals, want, goals. We, we need, need to be goals. enjoying <laughs> watching the football and scoring goals and we've got to improve our away form because the, the difference between the home form and the away form has been crazy. But, um, yeah, I mean, guys, rating out of 10 for the season? It's hard to give it one global rating because, as I said earlier, you put it in different segments. Overall, can, can you give it much more than, than a five? Because mm. at the start of the season, did we want to finish 13th? No. Did we want to be bottom at Christmas? No. Um, so overall, probably like a five. But in the Lopetegui period, there's a lot more signs of optimism. 1.4 points a game. So that would put us on course where we would want to be more so. So I'd probably give that more like a seven. Okay. But still some serious issues so to address. So that's the first part was about a three. What about you? The first half of the season, 15 games, that's like, you know, your rock bottom 10 points. That's like one or two, isn't yeah. it? But then if someone says you're going to finish 13th, I know it's just so, it seems so false. Then it's a huge achievement, isn't it? But the quality of football, not having enough goals, getting absolutely hammered in a couple of matches at the end of the season you can't really give it more than a four or a five at best so. yeah well i'm, I'm yeah. kind of the yeah i'm kind of the same i think you know a five and the one thing i will say we've had a bad season in all the seasons in the premier league the lowest wolves have ever finished is still 13th mm. um but i'm hoping that the shock waves that have happened this season for the likes of Fos and, and everyone, the, the eyes are wide open now. They do not truly want to be in this position again next season because you've seen the likes of Southampton, you've seen what happened to Leicester, you know, never said they've yeah, you know, and the, we are the gift that keeps on giving Wolves because Huddersfield, if any team wants to do the double over us, Luton, they're going to get nine points next season. So they'll six get six again. Huddersfield went down. They took. They only won three games all season. Two against us. Leeds have gone down. Did double. the double over us. Leicester, Leicester have gone down. Did the double over mm. us. Any team that's coming up, if you did the double over us, you're doomed. Anyway, on that moment, and, and that, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Uh, if you have, um, please smash a like. Leave your thoughts in the comment. If you're listening to it back on on uh, on your podcast wherever you are in the world. We do send you our love and best wishes. Doctor Paul Mansell, how can people find you on social? At Paul Mansell 10, uh, Twitter and Instagram. And yeah, um, at Pedalsing on Twitter and, and Facebook and Instagram as well. Hopefully take a bit of a break during the summer. Like <laughs> then come again next season and see what we have in plan and, you know, and um, uh, hopefully have a good time together. Fantastic. And you can find me, uh, obviously, on social, Dadling Dave, or Always Wolves on any of your socials. We will be back with an in-person podcast uh, before the start of, uh, of pulling out season. our hair out obviously yeah <laughs> and we'll, we'll know a lot more we'll have a lot more certainty by obviously. then so uh, but obviously as always we'll keep you updated here on the channel and on the podcast with all the latest news if you're new please subscribe hit the, the like button leave your thoughts on what i've had to say in the comment section below from myself manny and paul and also jason who's in the hospital i hope you're all right mate Love yeah well soon guys always wolves
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates are already booked in for double dipping and you're still the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.